0: Chapter Eleven Dorothy Dale's Camping Days. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne Dorothy Dale's Camping Days by Margaret Penrose. Chapter Eleven When the Boys Came. Dorothy had always loved her cousins, Ned and Nat, but when they arrived at the camp, the day after Tavia's disappearance, she fancied she had never before fully appreciated them. They came in the firebird, their automobile, and declared that they would camp out in the open main woods, cook in the open, make soups of lily bulbs, stirred with the aromatic boughs of the spruce." and otherwise conform to all the glorious hardships peculiar to the pioneers, according to the stories told by said pioneers. But the absence of Tavia put a damper on everything. We have got to start out and trace her, Jack Markin told Ned and Nat. It is inconceivable where she could have gone to. We certainly shall start out at once, declared Nat. Who was always Tavia's champion, to say nothing of his being her special friend and admirer. I have known her to do risky things before, but this is the utmost. I never saw such a girl, growled Ned. Just when a fella expects to have a first-rate time, she puts up something that knocks it out. Dorothy was disconsolate. Her eyes showed the result of a sleepless night and her usually pink cheeks were quite pale. She would never stay away of her own accord, overnight, she sighed, whatever she might do during the day. Now, Doro dear, consoled Cologne, you must not look at it that way. It is perfectly surprising what may happen, in a perfectly safe way, after one has found out. "'while before that time such things seem utterly impossible. "'Haven't we had lots of that at Glenwood?' "'Yes, things do happen that seem anything but likely,' Dorothy admitted. "'And I do hope that such will be the case this time. "'I wish we knew.' "'We had a great time in Dalton,' said Nat. "'The day we went over to see the old place, your old place, Dorothy.' The Major asked us to go in to look after a leak in the roof, and just as we went into the old plumbing shop, we heard a racket. It seems that a fellow named Mortimer Morrison, a stage-struck chap, played a part on the local stage, and while delivering his lines he gave his audience a treat, the real thing in tragics. He went crazy, wild, stark, staring mad, He was an escape sanitariumite. He got out, found the stage at Dalton, and was having a gay old time. When the... Nat suddenly stopped. "'What's the matter, cuz?' he asked. Dorothy was sitting on the rustic bench at the side of the old corn crib, and she went pale as her cousin told the story. Cologne was beside her, and, as Nat asked what the matter was, Cologne grasped Dorothy's trembling hand. What, Dorothy? Why, that man, that man. He is the one who saved the team, the one who wrote the letter to Tavia. I found a part of it. She never told me, but it blew open at my feet, and that name was on the piece of paper. Tavia know that loon, Ned exclaimed. We all knew him. If he is the same one, declared Cologne, for Dorothy was too agitated to speak. We happened to get in trouble with a hay wagon and an old team of horses, and he helped us out. Come to think of it, he did act queer. And he is around here now? asked Nat. Yes, I saw someone the other day who I am sure could be no one else. He had that most peculiar walk. Did you see him in Dalton, Nat? I was going to tell you that while we were in the plumbing shop, a fellow sauntered by. He wore a hat, like a cowboy, and otherwise looked queer. Well, when the plumber sighted him, he rushed to the phone and called up the only officer in Dalton, Tavia's father, and told him the lunatic was just sauntering down the road. But from last accounts, he was still sauntering. The squire didn't overhaul him and likely he was just wise enough to get far away, commented Ned. Now why on earth would Tavia have anything to do with a specimen of that kind? It would be impossible to guess to what trick he might resort in order to get Tavia to meet him, or to even become interested in his stage schemes." "'You know Tavia has a very pardonable weakness "'for anything theatrical,' said Dorothy. "'All Tavia's weaknesses are pardonable, "'as far as you are concerned, cuz,' ventured Ned. "'But the hunt,' interrupted Jack. "'We had better get at it. "'The girl we malign may actually—' "'He looked at Dorothy and so left the surmise unsaid. "'An hour later Ned and Nat, with Jack and Claude, started out in the firebird, it having been decided that it would be best for all the boys to go together in the auto, as they could then cover any amount of ground, and not have to worry about Dorothy and Cologne. The two girls went their way in the cart, old Jeff the horse, being looked upon as quite a competent guide, it was really the first good opportunity that Dorothy had had to see the glories of the main woods. But what were they to her today? What mattered the long lines of spruce, the dainty larch, or the tangled arbor vitae? To her now, to all Cologne's enthusiastic efforts, to point out these beauties, as well as to distract Dorothy, She only answered with the most vague acquiescence. If we don't find her today, she faltered. But we shall, insisted Cologne. I feel it. Tavia will be back at camp for supper. Are we far from camp now? asked Dorothy, looking along the fur-lined road to the wilderness beyond. No, we are only just around the bend. Would you like to get out and walk? I think I hear the honk of the firebird. I believe I would like to walk, said Dorothy. I have such a stagnant feeling. The walk in this air ought to dispel it. Suppose we tie Jeff up here and let him graze while I go over to that camp, indicating a white speck between the trees, and then I may inquire if anyone has seen a girl like Tavia Pass up Old Townway and I might take the other direction, and ask at those camps. I see quite a colony over that way, said Dorothy, and we will both meet here in an hour, finished Dorothy, if we are to search, there is no sense in running back and forth, so long as we can keep our direction straight. And you are sure you won't get lost, asked Cologne, with a smile, "'Perhaps losses are like accidents. "'They come in groups. "'Oh, I have a compass on my watchguard. "'Let me see.' "'And after consulting the instrument, she faced north. "'I will go due west and come back due east. "'I surely can't get lost if I follow that. "'Now, Doro, don't go too near the edge of anything. "'I never saw such edgy edges as they are up here in Maine.' Looks to me as if this part of the world was made last, with the jumping-off places for the men who did the making. For the jump back into eternity, quite an idea, Cologne, said Dorothy, as the two girls prepared to part. Goodbye, Jeff, called Dorothy. Eat a good meal. We may not get back to camp for lunch. And she patted the old horse. Pity we didn't fetch some sandwiches, shouted Cologne, who was already making her way through the thickets that carpeted the path. If you find any dwarf cherries, bring me some, Dorothy wild strawberries will do me responded Dorothy as she too got away from the tree where Jeff was tied. I don't fancy either of us will die of hunger, not in the main woods. Pallone predicted. Then they lost sight of each other. Only Jeff was left to mark the spot from which they started. End of chapter 11